I think the minute I stepped on our practice field for rugby, the calling happened. An eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro. Right. And I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes and they're like, what is this child on? It looks like it was a heavy hit. It's up. It's not up. You know, that's the first time I played like professional. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And there's two Scottish guys and I said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. That rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes, all cultural um, aspects. You looked at me and he says, you guys are awesome. <laughs> Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Rugby Swag. My name is Gift Gift Time and Baylor, and you have come to the lowest rated show in rugby podcast history. I'm telling you, we can do whatever we want because only the best get to watch it. That's why we're low rated. That's what I'm saying. That's how I claim it. We got a great show. We're going to talk Rugby World Cup week one. We're going to talk a little bit of the rugby news that was in the past because, you know what, it's been a while since I got the chance to catch up with you and be able to see you and talk in this manner and put out misinformation with a little bit of real information and then opinions alongside with it. And, of course, what we got for week two of the Rugby World Cup uh, you know, I'm going to try and get this consistent. You know, I don't do well with the consistency. This is why we're the lowest rated show on rugby podcast history. And don't forget to take that honor all the way with you. Y'all, uh, one and first and foremost, I'm really excited to be back. Really, really happy to be back. I always enjoy this. Uh, it, you know, it's been a long summer or winter, you know, depending on where you are. I'm in Brazil, so it's been winter time. A lot has happened and not a lot has happened. I like to keep it, you know, nice and inconsistent, all right? But we're back in a new season. New stuff is happening, and uh, we're just going to get wild with this. Uh, And thankfully, we're entering to Rugby World Cup, and then right afterwards, we got the Olympics. Like, yo, this is about to be a busy nine months. Like, this is about to get real. This is about to be really, really real. But let's get this started. First and foremost, actually, second and foremost, third and foremost, third and foremost, Please don't forget to tell your people so they can also be part of the lowest rated rugby podcast show in history. Uh, can have them check it out. YouTube.com slash gift time rugby. Definitely check out the video show or just take a listen and listen on any of your streaming podcasts. I don't even feel like you have to say like, it's got to be on Apple plus it's got to be on spot. It's on everything. It's on everything. Amazon. Uh, it's on uh, Spotify. It's on Apple. It's on Google. It's on blah, blah. And da, da. It's on everything. Uh, iHeartRadio. I, it's on everything. So just tell your friends, hey, look up Rugby Swag. Come get this swag from the lowest rated show in rugby podcast history. And get to be a part of the conversation. All right? All right? It, 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 this is a select group of people that didn't want to come in. But you did. That's what we do. So let's not beat around the bush. Let's get to it. Yo, Rugby World Cup week one happened. We started it, all right? We we literally about to start a new rotation starting tomorrow because it's going to drop Wednesday. Technically, these should drop on Tuesday, but it was late. I'm busy, you know, inconsistency. So we started week one and, of course, kicked off New Zealand versus France, which I thought was started off as one of the worst games and then ended up being one of the better games. Not the best, but the better games. France. I was expecting to be a choke artist, though I was rooting for them and predicted for them to win. And I know they're not technically the 
underdogs in it by the betting lines, but culturally have been the underdogs because it's New Zealand. But this is not, this ain't the same New Zealand team. Like, I don't know who it is that mollywopped South Africa a few weeks ago, but this team seems to have, like, fears. And uh, they, they definitely don't play with the same gusto, though they had some great plays. But that first opening match was, I'm not going to lie, I was like, I don't, I'm kind of glad they put the, the big names in the same bracket side because I don't want a France-New Zealand finals if it were to happen. Semifinals, I can live with, but not, not in the finals again. Like, we, we, we're not, we're not going to do that. Uh, but, yo, for whatever it's worth, France, you know, nutted up and finally got themselves together, stopped bobbling the ball like they got astroglided hands, and actually were able to make a really, really legit push in this late second half and show that they're easily the most talented, if not one of the most talented teams in the Rugby World Cup, in the world, in the world. And, you know, I'm hoping that they make up for whatever they did during the Six Nations where they choked it up because – Whatever you want to call it, France always likes to choke the ball, choke the situation whenever it matters most. But they didn't do it this time, and they made the push and started bullying New Zealand. And I even think that New Zealand substitutions were a bit early considering the situation, and it just it just worked out. So, yo, shout out to them on that one. New Zealand taking that first one. That was my first thought. The next game that I thought was actually – worth talking about with England versus Argentina. I didn't get to watch the game fully, but man, did I get to go back and watch those highlights. And this was just, this was just a Steph Curry situation. You know, it's, it's a Steph Curry situation where you have George Ford just knocking these drop kicks from like a hundred meters back. I know it was only like 50 meters, but 40 meters or something like that, but it was ridiculous. Like you can't do anything against that if you're not bringing the press. And I don't know what Argentina was doing, but I think this is the epitome of what you call a blunt object versus a sniper rifle. And Argentina has come in and has absolutely disappointed me as a dark horse team. I feel like they played against Australia and beat them and then gave us all hope that, that maybe they could do something. But every time you try and watch, they just... It's like you got talent, but you ain't got really got talent. Like, you, they're a blunt object. Their job is to beat you down and wear you down, and they'll do that to lesser teams. But once you get a team that is actually, like, strategic, like, England is supposed to be the underdog in this situation. Like, they're, they're not. They, they didn't come off good in uh, Six Nations. They haven't been particularly well um, formed throughout the rest of the summer. Uh, and in, in with their new coach, it hasn't seemed like they have been – you know, to the par that you would expect from England. But England came with a sniper rifle with George Ford, um, you know, Owen Farrell being off the sideline, Ford at tent, like, the man was killer. Like, it felt like you had Steph Curry and Clay Thompson in, and you just, what do you do whenever you're just raining down threes? What do you do when you're just raining down threes? You can't really do much against it. And Argentina just tried to keep hitting the mid-range. Hey, if we beat, if we run it down, if we run it down, maybe we can do something. And that that England defense was not giving them anything because they're snipers. And this was all kicks. It wasn't even like tries. It was all kicks. So, I mean, it also speaks volumes to what Argentina was doing in terms of defense. But, again, if you're not stopping the long-range shooters – you're not going to really be able to do much. Like, you can have your battalion, but if you're not taking out archers, yo, you guys are still going to go down. So, yo, 
England over Argentina. Great game to watch. And uh, needless to say, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Argentina does because I really did have them as a dark horse for the finals. Uh, but I'm now wondering if they're going to even make it out of the group stage. Uh, next one that I, I think we all want. Actually, you know, I'm not going to go do that one first. I'm going to do South Africa, Scotland. All right. Watch this one in totality. It wasn't the most interesting game, but I do love this. Man, South Africa has speed on the edges. I know it's not an abnormal thing to say, but they got speed on the edges. And if you give them the space, oh, my goodness. But what I really love, because Scotland did a good job trying to, you know, press up against South Africa. But, you know, South Africa really is playing like, they're playing like they're trying to defend. Like, they got, they went in. Uh, uh, I, I haven't seen that much thrown bodies uh, in, in, in rugby in a while. Like, you know, usually it feels more controlled. But South Africa felt like they were... They were playing with reckless abandon. They were like, hey, man, we, we, we're we going to live or die on this field. And we're just like throwing it at Scotlandville. Fast forward. But even with, with that being said, uh, one thing you could see is that they just weren't getting their place kicking well. Their penalty kicking wasn't being accurate. And I love their scrum. Like, that man is scrappy. The Clark, he is scrappy. That is a scrappy dude. You know, you can feel like he's going to go. And I know most people who are not casuals, um, who have watched more over the season, uh, are getting a chance to do it. Honestly, I just got, like, Stars Plus out here. So I just found out how many rugby games I could watch because uh, now I can go get my Brazilian stuff along the way. But it was wild how much he was able to, you know, really get in there and really be a good hitting scrum half. That being said, man, you know, let somebody kind of disrupt that uh, connection between the scrummy and the 10, which is normal. But I, I don't know how much South Africa will be able to do. And honestly, I will say this. I feel like South Africa is actually a little bit weaker at the um, forwards, particularly in the props and the hooker than they were Four years ago. Uh, I mean, we know Tendai obviously retired, and so that's a huge loss. But I didn't feel like they had as much power. And there were so many breakdowns, so many breakdowns in the rucks, in the, I mean, in the scrums that South Africa had against Scotland. Uh, Scotland just couldn't take advantage of it. But there were so many breakdowns. I thought that was a little bit concerning over the course of the games. But, again, you know, it was the first week. South Africa still was able to get the win. And, oh, Man, Sia Colosi looked like he is on a mission. That man is like, yo, I'm about to play in this country as soon as this Rugby World Cup is over, and uh, I'm about to make sure that they know my name. Let me drop my nuts on these people. Let's go. Like, I was like, this man looks like he's on another level of wanting to be able to hit people, and that's what you want from your flankers. Oh, that is absolutely what you want from your flankers, and I loved every moment of it. <laughs> Uh, the last game that I wanted to talk about was Wales versus Fiji, which I think was one of the most exciting games. And it was most exciting because of the fact that it had like a real story. I don't think any of the other games outside of maybe France, New Zealand really had a great story that goes behind them. Like there wasn't anything that really got me excited about them. I guess England, Argentina, just because of the fact that Argentina had 
uh, uh, you know, beating Australia in the rugby championships, and then of course England and their woes with the transition out of Eddie to uh, who they have now. But uh, the Fiji Wales one is it's like a tale of one coin, two sides. You have one side where the country is historically known for its rugby. It's a centerpiece of it, but its whole professional industry is falling apart in front of it. And they're just fighting to literally keep it up, right? Whereas on the other side, you got Fiji, who has been historically stripped of its players due to its inability to be able to professionalize and be able to create a, a strong economy uh, around professional rugby. And, of course, players not being able to necessarily play for that side without taking a risk of the country that they're living in where they play professionally. Uh, this one, you know, you see Fiji trying to rise up and and lift trying to lift up the, the country and be able to represent. Because we already saw seen them in the seventh stage, um, but in the 15s, you know, it has been a lot more difficult. So to be able to see the top athletes, some of their top athletes getting to actually play for them and they're actually getting to represent for their own country, I mean, it, it, it's so legit. And we want to see them rise as an institution. So it's like, like I said, it's a tale of two sides of the same coin. It's a tale of two sides of the same coin, like, and it, it showed it. Like, man, Fiji, Fiji's goes hard. You know, Wales has always been there, but Fiji went hard. And if it wasn't for that last pass that just bounced, and you know, it, it always sucks because especially whenever you're feeling the moment, you're in front of 69,000 people. Uh, I know Fiji is used to playing in big numbers, probably as individual players uh, from a professional side. But, you know, when it comes to, like, the Rugby World Cup, I, I can't even remember the last time Fiji was uh, really a factor in that. And you have it bounce, and you, all you see is open space. You know that if that ball enters your hand 100% in for the try, you're going to be a hero. You're going to get the, uh, 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 the, the team's going to lift the country. You're doing it for your country. And the ball bounces, and you overthink it, and it jumps out of your hand. And oh my gosh, yo, oh my gosh, like that—that that was the worst feeling. Wales was able to take the win on on a close one, and of course, a lot of people are talking about the ref, uh, the ref's terribleness. I, I didn't really get a chance to see it that much, but man, that was—that was a good, gr good, storied game. Now, my issue is—is is this really? Fiji, or is this Fiji playing the first game with a lot of competition? And there's a difference. And if you know sports, it always makes a difference. Sometimes the best team doesn't win in the first week or play their best in the first week. But what happens is, what happens over time? Will Fiji have the depth to be able to maintain that over a period of time? And I, I'm expecting so. I'm expecting so. But I, I do wonder if this is a story. Because to be honest, I have Fiji and, and Wales coming out of Pool C, but that being said, Australia shocked me uh, with their win over Georgia. Uh, I, I guess it was not shocking, but it, they're more threatening than that gives consideration. So uh, I, I do have the question of Fiji really being able to hold up over the course of these next three weeks, uh, four weeks, three weeks, uh, to be able to compete and hold the depth so that they can get uh, the second position 
out of uh, out of out of Group C. Uh, but Wales, and I, honestly, I don't expect Wales to lose. I, I don't think Wales is going to go far in the knockout stage. Uh, but Wales has always seemed to historically play pretty bloody well against Australia. So if Fiji can beat Australia, Wales can beat Australia. I mean, it's it's pretty much lights out for for that, and that would be probably a big hit against Eddie Jones on that. But you know, we'll see, we'll see. All right, that's enough about talking about last week's Rugby World Cup. I want to bring some quick news. All right, that happened uh, maybe about a week and a half ago. A week, yeah, you know, time changes so fast. About a week ago, R- World Rugby announced that they are going to be. Not starting, creating, expanding a new uh, streaming service, uh, RugbyPass.tv. So if you didn't already know, last year, uh, around October, World Rugby purchased Rugby Pass, the um, well-known rugby streaming subscription channel that basically kind of was doing uh, deeper rugby dives, uh, primarily was within like New Zealand and those access. I think you could access it everywhere, but mostly New Zealand and England and and, and was a home for uh, most of it. Uh, I, I I have not been a huge fan of the purchase, uh, not because I don't think it's a good idea. It's just that I don't trust world rugby. Uh, and so in this, they decided to open up the uh, extent of what Rugby Pass can do. Uh, now they're moving it from it being a subscription service uh, to a basically free to air. Um, and if you don't know, uh, Rugby Pass slash World Rugby also owns into the Rugby Network, which is the MLR's uh, primary streaming network, which is also free. Um, and so I, I feel like they took use the Rugby Network kind of as a testing ground to see what would work if they brought a free to air. And the idea of it is that they want to be able to broadcast the biggest games. Now, on its surface, I actually genuinely think this is a really good idea. I think there's been a lot of games missed, especially from the women's side, where nobody really knows where the game is or there's no real promotion for it. It happened on some random YouTube channel, and um, whether or not it's seen or focused, it's to be, you just don't know. Uh, even worse is whenever sometimes the games aren't even featured. So I think during the Super Rugby Americas, so many games were not broadcast live uh, for whatever reason, which is a massive loss whenever you're investing in a international competition like that, especially whenever you're trying to be able to build those test matches uh, for the future. And then I think we had things like uh, the Pacific, uh, the Pacific Cup. Uh, which was with the women and Pacific Nations Cup or something like that, where, again, hard to find the games. So to be able to know that there is a specific service that will hold at least those games, and if there's already rights held by another network, those end up getting obviously geographically blocked, but everybody else can know exactly where to go, or you can VPN it and find it in that location anyway. So uh, it, it works either way. That being said, this is where my blow, my trade back goes into, and I think we're seeing it even right now in the Rugby World Cup. World Rugby is notorious for doing a terrible job in distribution in uh, their media, uh, media, 
what do you call it? In highlights and videos, basically. Uh, like with the Rugby World Cup, they really end up blocking or uh, DMCAing a lot of people for sharing or using footage from the games uh, without their permission on social media. Uh, <laughs> if this was 2012, which, you know, it would make sense because people didn't really know the concept of bootlegging uh, and, and what would be the impact of being able to share footage. But in 2023, DMCA and clips, not, I'm not even talking about the broadcast itself, clips of games, the things that people create fame from, the things that we make memes of, the things that you actually use to market your game without actually having to spend money on marketing, they DM, DMAC those things. And I think that is a massive issue. And if rugby, World Rugby is doing that with their biggest competition, you know, I feel like they're going to make it worse for the smaller ones that end up being on that platform. Uh, on top of that, I also feel like there's this growing concern that they're going to keep trying to eat up more of rugby um, rights holdings. So especially when it comes to international rugby, technically all these international teams are under the proverbial ownership group of world rugby. So even though there's individual governing bodies, and yes, they can basically negotiate their own media deals, uh, ultimately they still have like permissions, especially if they've received investment money from World Rugby, that World Rugby still gets first right of refusal in essence uh, and can come in and deal those media rights themselves. The U.S. has absolutely done it. Of course, we've messed up on so many media rights deals, so it makes sense to do that. But, um, you know, for especially these smaller countries on the come up, I think that there is always a little bit of a growing concern that if there is events or competitions that they want to do that might not be intended for world rugby, but they use test rugby teams, I don't know. I, I feel like world rugby now has far more control over how they are able to position themselves and whether that's good. I, I don't, I don't know if that's always good, especially because I don't think world rugby though, I will give them their credit. They've tried to do better in diversifying the people on their council from different areas of the rugby world. And obviously with women, but I don't think that they have a good handle on countries, namely with the U.S. and a lot of North America, really the Americas in general. I feel like they're not really good with the Americas um, because they don't know how to deal with us. Uh, I even Canada, I think, has its own it, its own kind of characteristics. I don't I don't really know because I don't pay attention to Canada like that. Go USA. Um, but I do worry that they're going to create issues that would uh, make it difficult for test teams to be able to participate in other competitions without World Rugby needing to give permission for that. And I know there's governing body stuff has to go with some of it, but that's different. That's still localized. Uh, but the idea of RugbyPass.tv, uh, which is active now, you can actually go check it out. They, It's basically, if you're in the States, the rugby network, but with a little bit more expansion. I, I do wonder 
how they expect Rugby Pass subscriptions to continue on, but I'm guessing they're going to probably put some deeper content inside that or completely erase the subscription concept, which then makes me go, like, how are you guys going to make your money and how much are you going to get put ads against your games? Because, honestly, it's one of the biggest gripes I have with the Rugby Network that you don't put enough ads against it despite it being free, which means you don't do a good job in being able to create more content that can be more appealing and really just trying to go off of the We'll give you press when it's like, that's it's not enough. You can do that with social media. Anyways, I'm very much wondering what the outcome of RugbyPass.TV will be with World Rugby as they continue to build their media arm and really try and spread, spread themselves in this, like, colonialist kind of spread over the rugby world. I, it, it makes me nervous. They just They haven't done enough good in my opinion, when it comes to these factors, for me to trust that they're going to know what they're going to do next. So uh, that they're going to be good with what they do next. But we'll see. What is your thoughts? Let us know. Let me know. Even in the comments on YouTube or hit us on uh, Rugby Swag Show on IG. And just let me know what your thoughts are on this concept. Do you think rugby World Rugby is actually going to do a good job with utilizing RugbyPass.tv to spread the game? Or are they going to work in the fear that I always feel that they have in preventing themselves from uh, allowing people to freely utilize the content so that it can actually create more appeal over time? But that's me. Yeah. All right. And lastly, man, let's get to week two of the Rugby World Cup. Uh, this is where, I mean, we got week two. We got some, actually, to be honest with you, I think this is, might be the worst slate of matchups that you'll have in this competition. Um, most of these feels like a big dog versus a cupcake, comparatively, except for one game. But we're going to go down list by list by list, all right? Starting off first, we got France taking on Uruguay uh, uh, tomorrow on Thursday, the 14th. This is going to be Uruguay's first game in the Rugby World Cup. Obviously, the winners from the winners of America 1 beating USA's butt uh, to be able to take that America 1 position. So, so disappointing. Um, and so France is going to be taking them on. I don't even think this is a competition. France is going to blow Uruguay out. I think they got confidence from New Zealand. They're going to see the depth of their team off of this Uruguay team. Don't get me wrong. Uruguay is a scrappy team. It's just not a, it's not a competition. Like France is just entirely too talented. Entirely too talented. So I actually look at this. This is probably going to end up being something similar to like what was Ireland versus um, Ireland versus Chile. Ireland versus it, – it didn't even matter who it was. Uh, it was a beatdown. I think it was Ireland, Chile. No, that was Japan, Chile. It was Ireland. Whoop their ass. Um, I look at this a 50, 52 to 13 match. Like, this is, it's not even going to be a fair competition. Uh, next, we got New Zealand versus Namibia. Uh, again, another one sided battle. New Zealand has something to prove. Namibia already just. Got another butt whooping handed to them, uh, just not last week, uh, which is I'm a little surprised. I always it's always funny because Namibia always comes out as the Africa tube since South Africa basically has an automatic bid. Um, they always come out as the Africa two 
naturally and being the other best 15s. And they just never are good. Like, they're never good when it matters. I, I In fact, it doesn't even feel like they increase their their levels. Like, South Africa steals from Zimbabwe all the time. Like, you're right there, too. This is also a Southern African country. Steal from Zimbabwe. Well, what's going on? Why are you trying to play honorable if South Africa isn't? But New Zealand is going to see what their depth is going to do again. I look at New Zealand to really beat down on uh, Namibia. This one will probably be closer to 35-10 game uh, and see New Zealand really see if they can get themselves back out of their hole. Uh, Third, we got Samoa versus Chile. Samoa is finally entering into the field. Uh, This is a team that also is a dark horse to come out of their group stage. Uh, Again, another one that... We have seen that their players have often been only been forced to choose to play for the country that they're playing professionally in. And if they decide to play for Samoa, they'll lose their eligibility to play for the international team of the country that they reside in. Um, but because of the rule change, Samoa players are being able to play for Samoa. I, I don't think this is going to be a competition. I think Samoa is going to absolutely punch down on Chile. Uh, but I'm not sure if this is going to be the best determination of how good Samoa is. Uh, look at this to be 26, uh, 26-15 game. Um, yeah, 26-15 game. Chile is still pretty scrappy. Uh, I think they learned a lot from their previous competition. And uh, I think they'll come out and at least do a little something. Blunt object, you know, another blunt object going against another blunt object. I, I'm interested to see how Samoa will perform. But we know they have the talent, the skills. Uh, but it's the confidence and the playing together that's got to come together. Uh, fourth game up, Wales versus Portugal. Again, Portugal, not great. Team that beat the U.S. in the, uh, in the, the post-competition, the last competition to get into qualifiers. Uh, Wales, obviously coming off a tough game against Fiji. While you could say this could be a trap game, but because rugby is so bloody predictable, uh, trap games don't really exist whenever it comes to Tier 1 to Tier 2 type countries. Uh, not often unless you're Japan, which is really just a Tier 1 at the time was just a Tier 2, a Tier 1 country masquerading as a Tier 2 country because they were able to get, you know, people from overseas and they're professionally and actually have stuff. Wales, I think, is going to also put a beat down on Portugal. I think they're going to see the extent of their depth. They're going to rest their older guys um, and just really kind of give it a chance for people to um, really recover themselves. I I don't think this is going to be that much of a competition, but I don't think it's going to be that much of a beat down. Look at that 30 to 10. Um, It's going to be bigger score at the back end than it is going to be over the consistency of the game. Uh, But 30 to 10 is what I'm looking at. Uh, South Africa versus Romania. Again, like, I don't know what's going on in week two, but these were terrible, terrible matchups. Uh, South Africa is going to destroy Romania. It's going to, this is going to be like another, it's, it's going to be like the Ireland game. It's going to be like 82 to 3. Like, it's not even, like, South Africa is going to completely run through them. Run through them. Like a drill going into paper. All right? Like, the big bad wolf did to the sticks of the l- little pigs. So, um, yeah, not worth going on much more from there. Uh, you got Australia. No, actually, I'm going to save that one for last. We have England versus Japan. Now, this, this is the second best competition 
that will happen in this uh, matchup, in this week, in this week, all right? Japan had a big game, beat Chile, no problem. But this is where you also find out, like, where England really stands. Japan's got a good team. They have an actually pretty solid team that they're working with. Um, and there have always been spoilers, especially in the group stage. We Last year, last competition, Rugby World Cup, it was, what, South Africa? No, it was Australia that they did it in. And then again, a little bit to South Africa in seven. South Africa for sure. Um, but uh, and, and England, obviously, we saw the great sharpshooting of George Ford. Uh, Owen Farrell is still out for this game, so they might keep that lineup that they did for the Argentina game. But Japan is a much better coach team, and they are a much more versatile team and a much more aggressive team than I think Argentina is. Uh, I actually think that this game is going to be very close. I'm actually, I don't think Japan is going to get the win on this one. I, I don't, but I think this is going to end up being like a 16-14 game in England's favor, um, but really, really eking it out on that one. And if it were to go the other way in that same score, I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm going to lean England on this 16-14, to two-point um, two win. I don't know what the spread is. I don't care what the spread is. But I look at that. England for the win, 16-14. And then last, we got Australia versus Fiji, which I think is the most pivotal match in this entire competition, all right? Because it will be the one that has so many determining story factors. Number one, what did Eddie take this RWC seriously, or is he really just waiting for 2027 and seeing what these guys are going to be able to do? Number two, is Fiji for real as this experiment of allowing players to play for their own teams, which means does this mean that you can use Fiji as a actual building ground for creating business, rugby business, and really building around them? And is that make them also a tier one nation? You know, um, while it doesn't answer all those questions at once, if Fiji wins this, I feel like they're basically a lock for getting out of the group stage, being in the top two of their group. Um, if Australia does, I think that, ironically, is probably going to be the biggest upset. Because while Australia has a history on their side, this team hasn't been good. Like, again, the Georgia game isn't a great competition. And honestly, they struggled more than I would have expected them to against Georgia. And Georgia is a good team, don't get me wrong, but they struggled more than I expected them to. But Australia obviously has the history on their side. They, you have the money. They have um, talent. But they haven't been a great talent um, the last few years. Uh, obviously, this is why Eddie Jones kicked in over the summer uh, because they needed to see what Australia can do. They needed some new coaching blood uh, in there. And ooh, this is a tough one. I'm actually going to go Fiji for the win in a 21-14 game, I do feel Australia has depth, but I think Fiji has the will. And I think whenever it comes, especially with Fijians, if you feel like you have your whole country on its back and this is everything they're putting into, that's like, you know, whenever Goku is creating the spirit bomb and asking for help from the rest of the world. Like, it's feeding in. 
Australia, I don't think the country of Australia cares about Australian uh, rugby union national team. I don't think they care about these Wallabies uh, because the Wallabies haven't really done a good job in, in rugby union, not a great job of developing in Australia. But I don't think Australia has the same support. I think they're just playing to play hard because they know how to, but I don't feel like they have that engine behind them. And I think Fijians have that engine. So I'm putting it Fiji 20 to 14 over Australia to get the win. Don't do me wrong, Fiji, man. Spirit bomb, baby. Spirit bomb. (laughs) And, y'all, that's all we got for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Please don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and definitely on your uh, streaming However it is that you're streaming the the show on podcast, if you're already streaming, tell your friends about it so that we can continue to be the lowest rated rugby podcast in the world. All right. We want to bring you into the community. Let's talk about this because we ain't trying to be like everybody else. We don't got time for that. But y'all, I hope you have a great one. I hope you have a great day. And please, I hope you know, I hope that you're happy. I hope that you're healthy. And most, most, most importantly, I hope that you know that you are highly favored. Until next time, y'all, talk to you later. Cheers.